And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on, a fi- on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And using Acts chapter 28, verse 3, I would like to preach on either after the storm or 9-12. After the storm or 9-12. First of all, I want to share some research. According to scientific research, women that are wives that are slightly overweight live longer than their husbands who bring it up. There is a Medal of Honor winner named <laughs> There's a Medal of Honor winner named Dakota Meyer, former Marine. And I read a quote attributed to him. He said, "I don't want another 9/11. But I'll take another 9/12 because it united all of us." And 9/12 being the day after 9/11, 9-11 was like a storm. 2,977 um, uh, victims. Now, we, don't want to make, we want to exclude the 19 terrorists. If you hear a figure over, you know, closer to 3,000, we don't want to, they, they don't get included. While the attacks were aimed at the United States, do you know that 372 foreign nationals from 61 different countries lost their Lives. It wasn't an attack on. It wasn't just an attack on America. It was an attack on a way of life. And you know that it was a real storm. And I watched some coverage yesterday of the actual 9/11. There was a man that was reporting, and as he was reporting, the building started to fall. And you see, there were a bunch of New Yorkers running for their lives because of this literal dust storm created by the falling buildings. And this dust storm came, and it was like a, a, a almost like a fantasy movie or science fiction, but it was real. And so people were running away from this storm, trying to hide in a parking garage or a store as the storm just kind of flew throughout New York and in Manhattan. Well, Paul had also faced a storm. And in the book of Acts, just in the prior chapter, there was a storm called Eurachlodon, which the Bible says... Uh, destroyed the ship that he was on. But the Bible said there came an angel comforting him. And he said, I've given you all of the lives on this ship. And the Bible said that all of the people on the ship, the ship was destroyed. There was a storm that took apart everything that they were on. But the Bible said some on pieces of wood, they, they were just holding on to parts of the ship. Everyone escaped to land. And... On 9-12, if you remember, there was the aftermath of 9-12. The first thing we look at in our Bible text is after Paul and all of the victims of that storm came on the other side of the storm. After the storm was over, there was a new world, right? So it was a new environment. Well, what did you need? Well, after the storm, you needed a new fire. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 28 and verse 2 that the people of that island of Melita they called them barbarous that's just because they didn't speak Greek okay they weren't like Conan the barbarian with a loincloth and a big sword they you know the Greeks just they were non-Greeks they were like you and me we'd be all called barbarians unless you can speak Greek I can't 
But they showed us, the Bible says, no little kindness, for they kindled a fire. And I like this. They received everyone. It didn't matter whether you were a Roman soldier, whether you were a convicted slave. Some of these people with Paul well, we're probably slaves going, uh, you know, or, or just or maybe even regular sailors. But the Bible said they received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. You know that in America after 9-11 on 9-12, there was a unity. You know, we realized that whether you were an American or not, everybody was in the same boat and there was a love. People put aside their differences. You saw Democrats and Republicans. There was this where they were all in front of a microphone. They were like a choir. I don't know if you remember this. They were singing, God bless America, land that I love. And that was the last time they probably all stood together and sang that song. But you know, it was after the storm, we put aside politics. We put aside, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on and you know, COVID's going on. But after the storm, we need to put aside whether you're a pro-vax, anti-vax, vaccine hesitant, put aside the storm and everybody needs to gather around the same fire of God's love. We need to be able to come across and receive, the Bible says, every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. After the storm, we need the love of God to reunite us all one more time. And the Bible said that Paul, if you look at verse 6, Paul began gathering sticks. That Paul realized that it was important that the fire get fed. You know, that there's something about the work of God. It doesn't rely just on the preacher. You know what? The fire needs three things to keep going. The fire needs oxygen. The fire needs heat. And the last thing the fire needs is fuel. And if one of these things is taken away, one of these elements is taken away, the fire goes out. And you know, it's the same way spiritually. We need fuel for the fire of God. And whether it's that someone at home praying, whether it's that someone at home putting the Bible in. Brethren, when you read your Bible, you're putting fuel into your body. When you're praying, you're casting up fuel and praises unto God. When you exercise your faith, that's fuel for the fire. You know, some people say, well, don't add any fuel to the fire. Yeah, but not that kind of fire, not the fire of arguments, not the fire of disagreement, but the fire of God's love. Let me add some fuel to the fire. Let me add some Holy Ghost Bible reading fuel to the fire. Let me ask, add some kindness to the fire. Let me add some love to the fire. And brethren, if you've got some time, let me add some prayer to the fire. Have you ever just gotten so frustrated that you just kind of turn off off the social media, you turn off the phone, you turn off the TV and say, let me get a room somewhere where I can pray and reach out to God because I've got to add to the fire. There's a fire. Paul realized that the fire must be fed. So Paul just went around gathering fuel and he made himself useful. You know, that's what Christians we ought to do. We ought to go around gathering sticks for the fire. Whether it's new men and women that don't know God, whether it's the word of God, whether it's something in my heart, I can gather these sticks and throw them into the fire. Because you see, in 912, we need a new fire to unite us all after the storm. You know, sometimes when you come to the house of God, you don't realize this, and maybe you do. You serve God for a little while. Everyone's going through something. 
Say, preacher, but I'm not going through something. Well, you're getting ready to go through something. I'm on the mountaintop, preacher. Praise God. You know what? If you're on the mountaintop, you ever see another mountaintop? Because God says that we need to keep moving, right? He'll direct our paths. God is always on the move. So if we're on a mountaintop and we see another mountaintop, you know geographically what's in between a mountaintop and a mountaintop? Mmm. Yea, though I walk through that place between the mountaintops, what? It's coming into a valley. So you know that that I might have just gotten out of a storm, but there's someone else getting ready to fly into a storm. So I'm going to gather up that fuel and that prayer and that love so that that fire can keep going, so that the house of God can keep going, so children's church can keep going, so Bible study can keep going, so the work of God can keep going. And Paul's like, man, I'll make myself useful. I'll do whatever it takes. So that the fuel goes in to the fire. Because there needs to be a new fire after the storm has come over. Thank God for the new love in America. And you know that I, I'm thankful. You know that uh, there was a terrorist. It was, a, it, was, it was kind of not a joke, but it was to illustrate something. A terrorist said, show me what an American looks like so I can kill them. And so the person said, oh, okay. You want to know what an American looks like? He said, well, they're Christian, and they're white, and they're black, and they're Buddhist, and they're Muslim, and they're Hindu, and they're Indian, and they're Islander, and they're mixed race, and they're tall, and they're short, and they're atheist. There is no one way to describe an American. We're from all over, and I'm thankful that it's the same way that there's a nation, there's all nations when you get to heaven, and a a number that no man can number, every kindred and every tongue, because God's gathered us all together in love, and brethren, that's what I want to be associated with. I want to be associated with knowing Jesus. That's the common thread of a Christian. It's not what we look like on the outside. But it's Christ on the inside that gives us a new fire. See, after the storm, there's a new fire. Paul knew. He gathered a bundle of sticks, and the Bible said he laid them on the fire. And you know, when I come to the house of God, let me bring something. You know, everyone can bring something to the house of God. And you can bring a praise. You can bring uh, a joke. You know, sometimes just we are the joke. I was vacuuming this morning. Preacher, did you say you vacuuming on the Sabbath? Today's not the Sabbath. That was Saturday. But yes, I was vacuuming this morning on the Lord's Day. Preacher, you confessing your sins? No, what I'm about to confess is funny, though. We have a bagless vacuum. And uh, so I was vacuuming. And then I looked over. And there's a little thing that closes on your bagless vacuum to keep the dust inside that little area but if it's open then all of the dust goes inside the little area and then right out on your socky feet that you're vacuuming and that's what happened to me so i realized that all of this vacuuming it wasn't doing any good if i had the vacuum open you know in the house of god that's what we've got to do we've got to bring all that dust and all those other things and lay them at the feet of jesus and the cross of jesus christ It'll wash away all of the battles. It'll wash away all of the storms. You know what the Bible says? We need a new fire because the second thing, not only is there a new fire after the storm on 912, there's new challenges. You know, if there's new challenges today that you didn't have yesterday, there's new complicated things, you know, uh, 
getting old is not for the, 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 the weak or the, uh, the faint of heart. There's things that you face when you get old. When you're young, you can just stay up all night. You can eat what you want. When you get a little bit older, you eat one donut, and it, like, transports itself from your mind, and it just, like, grows, and it put, looks like a life preserver around your midsection. That's just one donut. I mean, that's just even thinking about a donut. You go weigh yourself, and you gain a pound. That's not even putting it in there. That's not true, but it's close, right? But you know that you find all these doctor visits and then you get up out of bed and you're like, oh, I can't move. And that's every day. But you know that there's new challenges in life. We need God after the storm. The Bible said that when he laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of a heat and fastened on his hand. Man, wasn't it be something if everybody just... You know, after the problems, we just all kind of gathered around together and sang, and there was no problems. You know the end of a Disney movie? Everyone's just dancing and singing, and, and, and there's no problems, right? No matter what Disney movie, look at the end of it. Everyone's just dancing and singing. That's like how every Disney, at least cartoon, right? They all end, everybody dancing and singing, fa-la-la-la-la, and everyone, and it's just the credits run. But you know, there's new challenges, aren't there? You know, after the church service, between church services, there's challenges. Between Sundays, there's challenges. And the Bible said it was no different here. So the fire was getting up, and then as the fire's coming up, here comes a viper out of the heat. This little poisonous snake and fastened on Paul's hand. Not only was it the danger of venom, but then there were other people that were around. And you know, sometimes when you come together, The devil likes to come up and there's people that criticize. And the Bible said that the barbarians who had helped build the fire, they saw the venomous beast hanging off of Paul and they said among themselves, Oh, this guy, he must be a murderer. Whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. So they believed that God was going to judge him because of his sin, even though he escaped from that one trial, that God was going to make sure he got him. You know, that there's a lot of people that criticize us if there's something wrong that goes on. Your car breaks down. It's like, oh, it must be God judging you. No, cars just break down, especially Chrysler's. That's why they even put, they do, they put, they put, uh, actual like parking spots along the side of the road reserved for Chrysler so that when you break down it's a no they don't <laughs> that's wrong okay that's wrong all cars break down but it's not necessarily God judging you when something goes wrong in your life see when something goes wrong in your life I don't need someone to come alongside and say oh it must be you're doing wrong I need someone to come along in my life and help me I need someone to come along like that good Samaritan not to just go look say oh man he's messed up and then go back to the other side of the road and go about my way I want that good Samaritan come to where he was and look upon him and then bind up his wounds and pour in oil and pour in wine the good Samaritan set him on his own beast and took him to the hotel which was like the hospital man don't leave me where I am if I need help somebody come alongside and that's what a church member that's what a Christian does there's new challenges Paul wasn't focused on the criticism Paul knew that criticism could put 
out the fire. You know, if we begin to come against one another once again, after 9-12, our country's going to be in trouble. But if we can put aside our differences and say one thing we agree on is freedom. Want you know that after people leave this church service, some will get into a car. If you feel like it, you can leave your car here and walk. You can call an Uber and you can go anywhere that you want. We live in a, you can go, man, I remember working, I was hungry on Lane Avenue. And I was hungry, and I was driving with the windows down, and you could smell all kinds of food within about two blocks. That's America. You can eat any kind of food that you want. There's like Chinese, and then there's seafood, and then there's fast food. Just within like two blocks south of the I-10. Man, I love America. And we have so many choices. But you see, criticism threatens to put out the fire and the freedom that we have. But I'll not be that critic. I'll not be the one who pointed out they've got a problem. I'll be the one to say, let me put some fuel on the fire. Let me put some love on the fire. Let me be a Christian to build that fire of the Holy Ghost, to give someone comfort in their time of need. Because you see, we need new deliverance. There's new fire after the storm on 9-12. There's new challenges. And brethren, if you've got challenges, join the club. Say, preacher, you've got challenges. I'm not going to bother you. No, I am here if you need someone to pray for your new challenges. That's why I'm here. Say, preacher, but I got problems at 3 a.m. You know that some people work 9 to 5. You know when preachers work? 5 to 9. From 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. That's when the challenges happen. That's when the hospital visits happen. They happen at 10 p.m., right, or 11 p.m., or 2 a.m. You know, we've gotten calls, haven't we, in the middle of the night, say, well, uh, if you're calling heaven, please call back at 9 a.m. You know, you never do that when you call Jesus. This are operating hours for heaven are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. If you incur an emergency, one of our angels will take a special message from you. You know, that's not the way that God is, right? He's a present help in time of trouble. And so too are Christians and so too are preachers. Man, call the preacher at 3 a.m. You know what's going to happen? She'll answer the phone. And I'll be asleep. And she'll have to wake me up. And after she wakes me up and we find out who we are and remember what our names are, then brethren, there's been times that we'll get in our car and come to where you are. And that's because God's love doesn't know time. God's love knows 24 hours a day. And just try it. Just see if it works. And you know that uh, when, you, when you're going through something, one thing you don't want to be is alone. And you know, you don't have to be alone. That's why God has a pastor and he'll come to where you are. Say a preacher, but what if it's in a different state? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I guess wherever you are, if I can get there, brethren, I'll be there. Why? Because I want you to know that God is still here putting fuel on the fire, putting love on the fire. He's adding to your life. God's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you because God has something for you after the storm. And the last thing I I almost got there is new deliverance. The Bible said that they were all gossiping or criticizing Paul. And you know, when people are criticizing you, it's no fun. But notice that Paul didn't respond to it. And you know, you've all seen the comments section, right? Have you ever read a news article? And then there's like two news articles nowadays. You know, it's the news article and then it's the comment section. 
you got about a two paragraph news article and 1,000 comments, right? Have you ever done that? You can just scroll, and you know what? The worst part is sometimes the comments are even better than the news article. I mean, it's like a comedy central, right? But Paul didn't answer every one of those 1,000 criticisms. Paul was focused on feeding the fire. And you know that I'm thankful the God that saved us from one storm can deliver us in the next storm? Amen. You know that God that healed me before can heal me again? Amen. And the Bible said he did what? He shook off that beast into the fire. And notice, he felt no harm. You know, going through something is one thing. And we've all faced storms, right? But I don't want to take that storm with me into tomorrow. I want to take a new day with me. Weeping endures for the night, but the Bible says that that next day represents a new chapter. Joy cometh in the morning. And Paul, he felt no harm. You know, if we've been through a storm, let's leave the storm yesterday. If we've had a disagreement, let's leave it for yesterday. You know what the Bible said? If you're a husband and wife, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Have you ever read that? I remember when I was a new married guy and I'd get frustrated. Or was this yesterday? And my wife's like, let's just, let's just make up. And I was like, no, I want to hold on to this storm. You know, I want to hold on to it. My wife's like, oh, no. I said, preacher, really? Yeah, guys are like that. Immature sometimes. And my wife's like, what the Bible says, she's trying to be nice about it, is, hey, let's end this storm right here. And let's get a new deliverance for tomorrow. Let's start fresh tomorrow. You know, because we can. And the Bible said he shook that beast off. You know, sometimes that battle, we're done with the battle, but the battle's still there in our mind. The battle's still there mentally. What someone did to us or what we faced or maybe our... Our car that wasn't a Chrysler that broke down, right? Or maybe it was our body that broke down. Or maybe it was our job that broke down. But we're carrying that with us. What we need to do is just shake that off into the fire. And let the love of God burn it up. Let the promises of God burn it up. Why don't we let the power of God burn it up? You know that the Bible said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In Mark chapter 16. If you believe God, it says... In my name, Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what the Bible says. You know, God's still a healing God. And you need something healed you know, God is still a healer. And I don't care if it's an emotional thing, a mental thing, or if it's a physical thing. God says you can shake it off in the fire and there's a new deliverance for you after the storm. The devil can't hold on to you with this venom anymore. You have a choice. Say, you know what? It's after the storm. I'm going to let God start me off brand new. And Sunday is the first day of the week. You can have a fresh week in God, a fresh relationship, a fresh walk. And the Bible says in verse 6 of Acts chapter 28, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. 
But after they had looked a great while, they saw and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. You know, we can turn this test into a testimony. And whatever we're going through, there might be critics, but you know what? When the smoke clears and when the storm is over, you're still standing in the power of God. You're still standing in his grace. You're still standing in his love. After the storm, there's a new deliverance. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, 